glass here, people. Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. Simpsons time, everybody. Uh, I've just been pet sitting for 10 days, and pet sitting for me usually means watching... Uh, FX Now's Every Simpsons Ever dedicated channel. Just every free chance that I get. Um, especially because FXX is not doing that anymore. They're not doing Every Simpsons Ever in giant blocks the way they were for a little while. And I don't know, I got like really good viewing in of especially season 15 which impressed me so much um i have seen season 15 of course but it was nice to refresh my memory about how good it is uh this is the one where homer gets raptured or he like he goes uh to heaven and the rest of them are left behind and um there's another one where marge hallucinates going to protestant heaven while Homer and Bart are in Catholic heaven because they converted to Catholicism. Um, it has Lisa thinking she's too fat and uh, diving into Lenny's Labor Day cake and eating the whole thing. Uh, has Lisa as Ava Perone with the, the uh, songs and everything. And so I'm here to say first that I really like season 15 and I look forward to talking about it some other time. Uh, and second, that we are just going to launch right into a discussion of one of the classics from season two. Oh, little bait and switch there for you. We're going to do Homer versus Lisa and the Eighth Commandment, uh, written by Steve Papoon, who is not a name that you hear very much in conjunction with Simpsons writer's room and all that. Um, but he did write this one. He was also a writer on Get a Life um, and is continues to be a TV writer now. Um, and very spectacularly directed this... Uh, this uh, I'm going to rewind and say it properly. <laughs> this episode was very spectacularly directed by Rich Moore. Um, and... I find it so charming in season two and a little bit into season three how the shows are not really consistent one to the other the way like in the camera techniques that are used and um, the way things are staged. It's almost like these directors are working without a net and they, I'm sure they very much were not, you know, because something like The Simpsons had not existed yet. Um, and we see like weird camera techniques that we sort of are not, that I'm at least not used to uh, in the scene where they're in Sunday school, Bart and Lisa and the other kids. And the very squeaky clean, pious, scared Sunday school teacher, which is a character that I always like, um, describes hell to them. And Bart thinks it's cool. 
uh, when Martin starts talking and he's like, so how can we steer clear of this abode of the damned? Um, the way the camera like is sort of move, it's sort of like drifting over to him. And that's something that I feel like I don't usually see on The Simpsons. And you see that elsewhere in the show too, like it's, uh, shots in the car and when they're in front of the TV, um, watching the offending free cable. You see those sort of strange, slow pans. Um, and there are also some really, really well-drawn, meticulously detailed backgrounds in this one. Uh, the supermarket is one where Marge eats the grapes and Lisa is reprimanding her for that. You see like just a little bit in the corner, Jimbo shoplifting apples or whatever <laughs> and putting them into his bulky coat. Um, but even more impressive, you see like all the different little colorful items on the shelves and like the, the look of the roof of the, of the, sorry, the ceiling of the supermarket. It's very impressive to me. Um, and then later on, Homer and Lenny and Carl are showering at the power plant, and you see this uh, very beautifully drawn tiled room with these little shower cubicles that uh, I guess the power plant workers can use. <laughs> In that scene, you also see Homer with chest hair, which is not something that I was used to seeing at all. And, you know, it definitely has that uh, slightly rough charm of seasons one and two, but it is elevated into something so beautiful. You know, things are slightly off model once or twice. You know, you have the twisty mouth, which I know people, uh, certain animators, certain directors were fond of uh, up through season two. And then starting in season three, they didn't do it anymore. Um, I'm talking about when Bart is in the back of the car and he's like, I can't tell you, we talked about hell if I don't say hell, hell, and like every time he says hell, his, his mouth goes away to the other side of his face. So there's that, and you know, there's Homer's chest hair, and there's, uh, characters' faces that look a little funny, but, uh, by and large, it, just, it I mean, that doesn't distract from the absolute beauty of the episode, visually. And it's also just a really amazing concept, uh, the idea of there being theft, and there's theft in everything that we do. Um, you know, we steal cable, we steal grapes, we steal glasses from Moe's bar. We steal staplers and tape dispensers from the Springfield nuclear power plant. Uh, Apu might steal uh, beef jerky from work or not. We don't know. Um, it's very interesting and it goes along with uh, the idea in certain played out in certain episodes of The Simpsons that this is a very moral universe and uh, things in biblical scripture 
actually do happen to people. <laughs> like, and and people have like very dark blots on their conscience for doing seemingly innocuous things that lots of people uh, in the United States and everywhere do. I find it really interesting that Lisa is uh, very religious here. And that is um, in keeping with her her sort of status as the moral compass of the show and always wanting to do the right thing, but definitely um, different from what she evolves to be, which is much more of a skeptic. There's even uh, a show titled Lisa the Skeptic um, because she really doesn't believe in hell uh, going forward and becomes a Buddhist and all of this. Uh, so this was the early... Christian Lisa, who I guess also ate meat. So the episode opens uh, in a flashback 2,000 years ago, and it's uh, really notable that that does happen because this is the first time we see something like that um, that is extreme fantasy. We have seen uh, in Bart gets hit by a car, uh, Bart ascending the escalator to heaven, you know, which is a very outlandish thing, um, outlandish tableau. But this idea of a flashback with um, an ancient version of Homer and ancient versions of all of these Springfieldianites uh, is very striking and very interesting to me. Uh, Phil Hartman plays Moses, who appears with the Ten Commandments and uh, tells everyone who's out there doing their vocation that they can't do it anymore, including Homer the Thief, who was busy stealing graven images that uh, the guy who carves graven images was was engraving. Um, and there's also a guy who was the adulterer of the town who was modeled on Jacques, the same guy who tries to mac on Marge in season one. Bill Harmon also plays the shady cable hookup guy, the one who uh, Flanders, late, you know, right in the next scene, kicks out of his house uh, and Homer entices to come inside and uh, hook the Simpsons up with cable. That guy is also voiced by Phil Hartman. And uh, we see yet another pamphlet in this, these early uh, episodes and seasons. There are really a lot of pamphlets. Uh, and this one is So You've Decided to Steal Cable. Most of the titles of them uh, start with So. Or So You're or So You've or something like that.
so you've decided to steal cable. Um, Homer loves the cable. He's like, he stays up all night. There's that great uh, sequence of him at all hours of the night, you know, watching different things on cable TV. And this was from 1991 when really not everyone had cable. Um, and it was very ripe for mockery. You know, the fact that even the most boring things ever uh, could be broadcast on a cable channel. Such as live from New Orleans, it's the World Series of Cockfighting. Um, stuff like that. And uh, the stand-up comedy of the type that goes, don't you hate it? When you go to the bathroom, then there's no toilet paper. Homer just adores all of it. Bart really likes it too, uh, to the extent that he stumbles upon the uh, soft porn channel, or maybe even hardcore porn. It seems like pretty racy, what he's watching. You never see it. Uh, and then he decides to screen it there and charge admission to let all the kids in. So they can all see it. Um, that incidentally and later on when Homer and Co. watch the fight at, at the house uh, are early displayings of look how many characters this show has, you know, and look how many different people we can fit into one shot. Um, I remember watching that when it first came on as a kid and, and really liking that, just, you know, freezing the frame and being like, wow, there's that person and that person and that person. Totally intentional. <laughs> but Marge, you know, is really not that into it. Homer does uh, sway her at first by showing her Hear Me Roar, the network for women, which I really love the set of. That's another, like, really well-drawn set. Um, of the, you know, the female mirror of Venus symbols going into each other behind the, you know, couches in the talk show. Marge really likes that. But then, you know, her morality gets the better of her and, it, you know, tells her to do the right thing. Um, and Lisa just never likes it. She just thinks that it's, uh, it's wrong. And when she's in Sunday school, as I referred to before, she is definitely convinced that it's wrong. And she's the one who brings everyone around to not wanting the illegal free cable anymore at the very end, including Homer, uh, who, because he really doesn't want her to be mad at him and his whole family to be mad at him, um, doesn't watch the very exciting Dredrick Tatum fight. Well, everybody is inside enjoying it. Uh, Homer just doesn't.
Burns and Smithers are here. There's a lot of funny Burns stuff uh, where he's talking to Smithers and Smithers is like, permit me to speak frankly. You are quite wealthy. Uh, and Burns is like, ah, ha, ha, ha. thank you, Smithers, interrupting him. Your candor is quite refreshing. <laughs> oh, he brings like one tiny bag of Cheetos to the party. I would say uh, when the party is happening with the Dredrick Tatum fight and all of these different characters are uh, suddenly placed in the Simpsons house, uh, the action there is more like action in future shows. Um, I'm talking about the camera angles and stuff with the, like all the very quick movements that happen. But there is one like really amazing shot when the Simpson family are out on the lawn, you know, having this great heart-to-heart -heart discussion about why Homer will cut the cable after the fight, like as soon as the fight is over. Um, and we zoom from outside, like straight through the window and into the living room in like this really quick, very crazy camera move that it's like you blink and you miss it, but it is very, uh, I would think complicated and, uh, I'm impressed that Richmore thought to do it that way. And there's plenty of other, like, just really great animation stuff like that in this show where there's, like, uh, fantasy sequences and then they dissolve the background but keep the foreground of the person's head. I think it happens to Lisa and Homer. This show is, uh, lest I forget, also the introduction of Troy McClure. And I think also Dr. Nick, because uh, Dr. Nick is first brought to the world as a spokesperson on one of those infomercial things that Troy McClure is so good at. And that was another star turn for Mr. Hartman. In this same episode, he had, I guess, those three voices. Oh, wait, and he's also the, he's the announcer for the, the Mexican wrestling. You don't see the character, but you hear it. Donde están los médicos de México? Like, that's, <laughs> that's Phil Hartman saying that. This show won an Emmy, and it it deserved it. It had everything. Uh, extreme laughs, uh, really, really beautiful animation, and as I keep saying, haphazard, uh, crazy camera work, including uh, Homer putting his foot down during the that bedroom scene. Where, by the way, Marge is still wearing her like very modest sleep garb with the uh, nightcap and the very modest frilly nightgown. Where you see, like the camera's on the floor and the foot is is like coming right at it. The foot has spoken. That is really amazing, um, and it really has 
an emotional core and even an ethical core, which so many of these best uh, season two ones did and season one as well. But most importantly, it's super funny. I mean, all of the different cable channels that are mentioned and that are made reference to, you know, like just in very quick succession are, are great. Like when Flanders says he wants to subscribe to the arts and crafts channel. Like that's another example of something that couldn't be more boring, uh, but it does exist for people like him. I could say so much more. I'm frustrated that I can't say more because I want to be able to still play music and close the show out. Um, but the last thing I'll say is that in uh, that moment when Burns and Smithers come to the door and Homer has to hide all of the stolen things from the power plant, um, you see the monogram SNPP, or the acronym maybe, no. What is it? The initials. SNPP. Uh, on all of those little office supplies that he, that he has taken. Um, and never mind that we don't ever see that again. Uh, that is very significant because there still exists uh, an internet group called SNPP.com. And it is uh, the premiere, the first gathering place for nerds worldwide to talk about Simpsons. And it is beloved as such uh, by many in the fan community. This has been Simpsons Time. Thank you so much for listening to Simpsons Time. This fine pop song is called Thou Shalt Not Steal by Dick and Dee Dee. And this has been Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator for today. My name's Amanda Nazario. I thank you so much for subscribing to this podcast and or for listening on the pop-up player via the uh, playlist page via the WFMU homepage, however you're listening, I express my gratitude. Um, yeah, I, I just never know how much people know or don't know about Simpsons time. I'm a DJ here at WFMU. I do a show called Nazario Scenario, which is a fill-in show at this particular moment in time. And Simpsons Time is a feature of that. And this podcast, which I love doing and I treasure so much, is um, just those Simpsons Time lectures separated from the rest of the show. And now you know everything. So all that remains is for me to say goodbye, and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>